Hey everyone. As you know, I'm a huge fan of living a healthy lifestyle, including taking the right supplements. Collagen is one of my favorite supplements. It is the most abundant protein in the human body. As we grow older, we break it down faster than we can replace it. This loss affects our skin, nails, hair, muscles, joints, and tendons, bones, and gut, making us look and feel old. Totem Voss is a wellness company that created a collagen chew for a real-life person, the 78-year-old mother of the founder. As a result, the quality is unrivaled. Totem Voss chews contain equal part deep-sea Icelandic cod, domestic grass-fed beef, and organic chicken bone broth, along with companion ingredients such as vitamin C for full collagen synthesis. These varied sources address a greater range of collagen needs within the body. Their customers are reporting results with such problems as rosacea, osteoarthritis, osteoporosis, degenerative disc disease, as well as improved hair, skin, and nails. Practitioners are finding the juice to be an effective tool in restoring gut health. You can find Totem Voss, that's T-O-T-U-M-V-O-S, at getchews.com. That's getchews.com. Use code DRDIVA, that's D-R-D-I-V-A, for an additional 10% off your first order. The longer you're eating like this, the better for sure. But you can have a hot date sex menu and include foods which have been shown in research to improve blood flow in the short term. So you'd want to be focusing on foods that won't take your testosterone and that will also not stiffen your blood vessels and then including foods that promote elasticity of blood vessels and dilate them. Hello, this is Dr. Deva Nagula. Welcome to From Doctor to Patient, where our goal is to bring you topics of discussion that will educate you on the various healing modalities to help balance the mind, body, and spirit. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of From Doctor to Patient. Today, I am joined with Christine Delosier as an acupuncturist and herbalist in private practice. Christine specializes in sexual health, treating all orientations and identities. Acupuncture is great for sexual function, but to address the underlying mechanics of consistently great sex, the key is diet. For this reason, she works with patients to develop dietary habits that support their sexual goals. Christine holds master's degrees in acupuncture, traditional Chinese medicine, and counseling. During her education, she studied Chinese dietary therapy and earned a certification as a holistic nutritional counselor. Early in her practice, she treated numerous men for erectile issues with acupuncture who ended up having significant improvements in sexual satisfaction. After seeing how meaningful this improvement was to their lives, she specialized in sexual health, expanding her practice to all who seek it. She wanted to do more to help them connect with their partners and bring joy to their relationships. Christine, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. So your expertise is really interesting. It's, it's a niche expertise that is very specific and I would imagine extremely helpful. Like what led you to developing this niche practice of yours? Well, you know, most acupuncturists specialize in 
back and neck pain, headaches, things like that, because there's a lot of research showing that it's effective in those areas and insurance companies will pay for that sort of thing. Um, I still treat that as well. But when I saw how beneficial um, this was to patients seeking uh, improved sexual function, I myself was impressed. And, you know, treating sexual dysfunction is something that can be very challenging. Um, It's challenging even with medicine. Uh, So the fact that it was really actually making an improvement and helping these people to have better relationships was, um, was something that I thought I could actually, you know, make uh, a positive contribution. Uh, So, so it made me feel good to do that. I've always been rather obsessed, if I'm being honest, with, you know, diet, health, and and nutrition. So I wanted to bring that into our treatment sessions and see how we could support their treatment goals with what they were eating. Um, I trained as a a research scientist when I was an undergraduate. I never pursued a career in research, but I know enough about it to you know, read and understand research. So I wanted to see what the science had to say about how food affects uh, sexual function. So I I poured over tons and tons of clinical and epidemiological research in in finding what kind of evidence there was to support support this connection. And so I kind of brought that in and, and just wrote a book about it. That's fantastic. And, you know, in your book, you talk about the trifecta of great sex. Can you go into this a little bit more detail? Sure. So when we think about great sex, we generally think of a psychological phenomenon where we're with the right person, we're in the right setting, it's the right time and place um, and situation. But physiologically, great sex is when our nerves fire strong, rapid impulses to and from the genitals. It's when our blood vessels are delivering adequate blood flow, and it's when our sex hormones are balanced. And when those three pieces are in place, we have strong libido, we have great blood flow, and you know we all know that males need adequate blood flow to have sex, but what a lot of people don't realize is that females also need blood flow for arousal, for sexual pleasure, for lubrication. And um, so their satisfaction when there's better blood flow is much higher as well. And all of those pieces are very much affected by what we eat. And with your trifecta, have you ever had like objective data measuring a person's hormonal function to see if whatever you're implementing has made a difference or is this specifically monitored through a subjective means? No, I I have patients who regularly get their testosterone measured and their PSA levels measured and we do see progress. Absolutely. You know, so acupuncture is something that was long thought to be an approach to health that was unsubstantiated with data and with evidence. And now, modernly, we're seeing more and more research is, is surfacing, showing that it does very much affect hormones, it affects the body chemistry, it affects things like dopamine, serotonin, it affects testosterone, it affects uh, cortisol levels, it affects you know everything. Because, of course, every substance produced by the body is ultimately controlled by the nervous system and acupuncture operates on the nervous system. So I I should say, um, you know, my patients that I'm treating with acupuncture and, and diet, um, they do, some of them get their, their hormones tested regularly. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting with the acupuncture, you're 
improving the nervous system, getting a patient into more of a parasympathetic. And with the diet, it seems that what you're focusing on is more foods that promote the buildup or the release of nitrogen oxygens of, of nitrogen oxidase. Uh, so that in essence, pretty much will vasodilate the vessels. So you really, it's a great one-two punch in terms of effectiveness with sexual function. And I guess one of the side effects is you're going to actually improve blood pressure. Absolutely. And, you know, that's, that's even just one piece. I mean, we can dilate blood vessels, you know, with a high nitrate food, even in the short run. Um, and then in the long run, you know, higher ni- naturally occurring nitrates uh, promote vascular health. But there are also other foods that do this, not even by dilating the blood vessels, but, in, but by improving the quality of the blood vessels themselves, you know, improving elasticity, you know, something, for example, that is a big issue for our blood vessels is the fact that we don't get enough potassium in our diets. You know, human beings, we used to take in about 10 times as much potassium in our diets as sodium, and now it's just the opposite. And when our kidneys are dealing with all that excess sodium, we have to, um, it has to flush potassium. And in the process, you know, our bodies are forced then to conserve potassium in other ways. And what this whole process does is it kind of wreaks havoc on our blood vessels because potassium softens that delicate inner lining of blood vessels and it just promotes vascular health. So uh, in research, we see that a single high potassium meal will measurably improve arterial function within a couple hours of eating it. And of course, eating like that over the long haul consistently, you know, daily um, will lead to much uh, more significant improvements in vascular function and just better blood flow than to the genitals. And for people who are suffering from, I don't know, like diabetes, high cholesterol, things that actually impair the blood flow, specifically in the small blood vessels that are typically found in the, in the genital region. Do you find this still effective or does it take time for some of the techniques that you employ to, to work? So it, it depends on where the patient is at at baseline. You know, the more occluded those blood vessels are, the the harder that is to treat. You know, if you have complete occlusion of those very tiny blood vessels of the genitals of the clitoris and the penis, it's... Um, uh, again, it it'll it'll be slower to respond. Um, so, you know, heart disease has long been thought to be progressive and irreversible. But interestingly enough, you know, certain foods like leafy greens have been found to actually be able to reverse some of that plaque accumulation uh, to some degree. Um, but so, so, you know, I would say the patients who have only partial occlusion are going to probably see the results the, the quickest. When you think about something like diabetes and you're also, we're also thinking about um, slowing of nerve conduction. When nerves fire slowly and weak signals to and from the genitals, as is the case with a lot of times with diabetes, um, there's less pleasure. And so when our partner touches us, we, we will not feel as much pleasure. And, and so one thing that can quite quickly improve that conduction strength are antioxidants. So antioxidants um, repair the damage that's caused in the process of diabetes. Generally, it's oxidative stress, which uh, ends up slowing down those nerves, those nerve signals. So antioxidants, there's plenty of research showing that um, for example, type 2 diabetics who have sexual side effects, when they increase antioxidants, they do experience better sexual pleasure. 
And we're talking about, I mean, I think that some of the studies I read were over the course of six or eight weeks of antioxidant supplementation. Mm -hmm. And then in regards to traditional Chinese medicine, are you more in favor of specific herbs for promotion of positive sexual health? Uh, you know, I had a whole chapter on herbs um, that have been shown in research, you know, that had some kind of evidence to support their use. And quite honestly, I think, you know, the herbs have their place in, and especially something like culinary herbs where they're not high risk, you know, you're not, um, you're, you can play around with them a little bit more. You can have fun with preparing meals with them. And there's evidence to, to show that there's a pretty small effect in the short term. My preference is to treat the root, you know, so to treat the, the core of sexual health, which is improving, you know, that trifecta of great sex from, from the root, not just, I mean, we can temporarily improve blood flow. We can temporarily do a lot of things. We can temporarily improve libido. Um, but ultimately we want longevity and consistently great sex, which comes from, you know, changing our behaviors over the long haul. Mm -hmm. And with our, Western diet, the standard American diet, as it's otherwise known, how does that affect our sex health? So, you know, the, the diet that, that we have affects us in the short term and it affects us in the long run. So something like, you know, a single high sugar meal that really, really jacks up blood glucose can actually um, sharply drop testosterone in the short run. Same with, uh, you know, high fat meals, you know, th those can affect that as well. The standard American diet is typically high in sugar, high in fat, high in salt. And, you know, if we look at it from a traditional lens, we want a balance of the five primary flavors. You know, we want a balance of salty with sweet with bitter, with sour, and you know, our sour comes from our fruits, you know, and our tart fruits, and our bitter comes from leafy greens. We overdo the sweet flavor, we overdo the salty flavor, and we neglect the sour and the bitter. So, you know, having more balance like that can um, can definitely help uh, promote, you know, better health. And it, it, you can even use that in your meal preparation. So in traditional Chinese dietetics, a good meal that tastes good is balanced in that way. So if you're making a right. soup, you would want to have some sour in there. You might want to squeeze a bit of lime in there or lemon to, to bring that up. You'll have a little bit of salty. You'll have some um, sweet flavors as well with something like um, vegetables, for example. Something like leafy greens, we sorely neglect that bitter flavor in our diets and leaves are one of the best things that we could possibly eat for sexual health, you know, because they nourish that entire trifecta of great sex. You know, leafy greens reduce cortisol uh, levels, for example, because of the zinc content. And cortisol is a stress hormone which uh, can sabotage testosterone. Testosterone is really important for male sexual function and female sexual function, as well as libido and, and so many other aspects of sexual health. And um, leafy greens, of course, also promote vascular health, and they're mineral rich, so they they contribute in that way, and they have high antioxidants, so that helps blood vessels, that helps nerve conduction, so it just helps really every every part of great sex. Hey, Dr. Diva here. Thank you to all my listeners who supported my book and helped to make it a huge success. 
You all have helped us hit number one in Barnes & Noble, number one in oncology, cancer, healing, and medical ebooks, and number 21 in all of the Kindle store. You've also helped us hit number three on the Wall Street Journal bestseller list. If you haven't received your copy, you can find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or booksatmillion.com. Visit from doctor2patient.com to become part of our growing community of health and wellness aficionados and to learn more. If you like our book and podcast, please go to amazon.com to write a five-star review and go to Apple Podcasts to also write a five-star review on this podcast or any of our episodes that you've enjoyed. We need reviews to attract and secure top-notch guests for this show. Thank you so much for your support. And in general, if you're advocating a diet that's going to promote a better sex life, can you be more specific in terms of like, say, I don't know how fast it's going to take effect, but if someone's planning on a hot date for Valentine's Day, so should they be gearing up for a great night a week in advance or a month in advance? I mean, what would you recommend and what kind of foods specifically are the best? Well, the longer you're eating like this, the better for sure. But you can have a hot date sex menu and include foods which have been shown in research to improve blood flow in the short term. So you'd want to be focusing on foods that won't take your testosterone and that will also not stiffen your blood vessels and then including foods that promote elasticity of blood vessels and dilate them. So a great, you know, date night sex menu would be something like, you know, starting off with maybe some beet juice, you know, beet juice is high in dietary nitrates. And um, so it'll improve, uh, you know, it'll increase nitric oxide, something like um, a salad, for example, a salad, you know, even in research, a single serving of spinach, increased nitric oxide levels um, when measured, you know, salivary nitric oxide levels to eight times their baseline within a wow. couple hours of eating them. So yeah, it was really, it's pretty impressive um, how much effect you can have from a, a single meal. And generally the response that I see with patients when they follow such a meal is subtle. You know, it's a subtle improvement, but noticeable. Um, most, you know, not, not everybody, but, but yeah, most um, patients report that when they, when they follow that. So Another thing that you can include is in a date night sex menu are polyphenols, which are found in things like apples, berries, things like that. And um, polyphenols are an antioxidant, which again sh showed in research the ability to improve um, arterial function within a couple hours of eating them. Uh, same with potassium, same with the dietary nitrates. Um, so you might have something like, um, you know, you start off with your beet juice, you have a nice leafy green salad, but it's not covered in a fatty, fatty dressing. You might have um, some squash, which is high in potassium. And, you know, for your protein source, uh, research has showed that a, a very fatty meal will stiffen blood vessels within a couple hours of eating it. But high omega-3 fats, on the other hand, had the opposite effect that it, it made blood vessels more elastic in the short run in that postprandial period. So something like wild salmon, or for those of you who are following a plant-based diet, something like walnuts, topping your squash with walnuts, you know, and you can put some aphrodisiac spices on them as well. And then finishing, instead of a, a high fat, 
high sugar dessert, you finish with something like a berry parfait, which is going to bring those polyphenols in. And so every piece of your meal then would contribute to better intimacy in that mm-hmm. evening. And with all this in mind, when we're talking about improving sexual health, I know it's a very generic, broad term, but specifically, what can one expect? Is it a more potent orgasm? Is it more of duration? You know, what specifically can a person expect if they're trying this out? So in the case of males, some stronger erections are definitely going to be something that they'd be, you know, looking to experience with such a diet. Increased sensitivity. The biggest complaint that I see with females is difficulty achieving orgasm. So um, improved blood flow and stronger nerve conduction can make the clitoris more sensitive so that when their partner touches them, they feel more pleasure because those nerves are firing stronger impulses. And with more blood flow, again, the clitoris is more sensitive to touch and more responsive. So females would be looking for a stronger orgasm or easier orgasm, um, you know, taking less time to achieve because, you know, some people struggle with that. Better lubrication as well, because, you know, lubrication is, it's a, byproduct of blood flow. You can't have lubrication without blood flow coming Mm -hmm. first. And then since we're talking about foods that are positive for sexual health, what are some kryptonite foods that are bad for sex? Ah, yeah. Those that fatty, salty, sugary, you know, all the things that we love and that (laughs) we are kind of, you know, we're seduced with on a daily basis. Um, So any of those foods like, you know, the packaged sweets, like Twinkies, Ho-Ho's, baked goods, cookies, all of those things, as well as the processed foods, you know, our lifestyles make it so difficult to make good choices because, you know, we have so much on our plates and it's hard to cook. And the things that are most easily available are loaded with salt, loaded with with fat loaded with sugar because they taste good. Um, but you know, the, the cool thing about this is that changing your dietary habits can actually change your relationship with food because, you know, critical in sexual responses, this whole dopamine pathway. Um, and, and in relation to food, our bodies, when we eat food, it, it triggers dopamine relief that release. That means that we feel pleasure from eating food. The more sugary, fatty foods we eat, our brains get rewired to need more fat and sugar before we feel pleasure from food. But if we change our diets for a couple of weeks, it actually helps to reset that so that we feel pleasure from eating healthier foods and we don't need as much um, sugar and fat. Mm-hmm. And then, As you know, there are so many fad diets. Some have merit, some don't. What are your thoughts on these specific diets in relation to sexual health? And for example, like we can talk about keto, paleo, the carnivore diet, vegetarian diets, and then of course, fasting. So if you could comment on any or all of those um, in relation to sexual health, that'd be really fantastic. Yeah, I think um, I, I think it would be easy to have a great sex diet um, and also be plant based. I think that would be pretty easy and consistent. I think it would be a lot harder um, to do keto with something like that because it, it's hard to get enough vitamin C in a diet that's keto when you're when you're reducing your intake of fruits of fruits. 
And it's also hard to get enough potassium in your diet because most of the high potassium foods are also high in carbs, uh, like potatoes, yams, squash, um, all these things. There's only a couple foods that you'd be that you'd have you'd have to eat quite a few avocados and quite a few um, leafy greens in, in in order to get enough because um, you wouldn't be able to eat any of the other foods. So it would be hard to do that. Uh, let me see. Um, I my philosophy is you know just an overarching philosophy is staying close to nature. Um, I think that's a great rule of thumb. The more processed it is, the the more difficult it is to tell what it was once in nature, the worse it usually is for you. And that includes some so-called health foods that are ultra-processed and marketed. Um, so that those are my thoughts on it. Uh, when we look at other primates eating, you know, we can glean a lot from their behaviors of their the foods that they naturally choose in the wild because every other animal in the wild knows what's healthy for them to eat they naturally know what to eat whereas humans have we've lost our way and we rely on other humans to tell us what to eat for good health um, and we don't agree on it you know to any you know in any sense of that so if we look at other primates you know they have different behaviors, but some of the commonalities is that they're, uh, they're eating tons of leafy greens. They eat tons of leaves and they eat lots of vegetation. And in doing so, they get many times the amount of uh, uh, minerals such as magnesium, you know, calcium, potassium in their diets as we do. And they get a ton more antioxidants, a ton more fiber. And if we can kind of just incorporate that general philosophy of eating how Mother Nature intended, it'll serve us quite well. Um, in terms of fasting, there's a reason why fasting has been a part of almost every you know, religion and culture um, in in the world, and it has spiritual benefits. You know, in terms of suffering, um, and um, and also it has benefits to health. And there's lots of research to to show that how it benefits cellular health. It promotes longevity. It promotes anti aging. Um, and there's you know there there are so many different benefits to it, but one of them is helping to balance hormones. You know when you when you see hormones out of balance, um, you know when you see testosterone or estrogen, you generally it's not just one hormone in isolation. It's typically uh, a whole slew of hormones that are out of whack, and you can help promote hormonal balance with with fasting, as in as well as many other benefits. And, but I wouldn't recommend any kind of extreme fasting. Um, because that can actually do the opposite. Right. I would say a gentle fast, you know, you maybe fast for 24 hours and do it in a way that you don't go to bed hungry. So if your fasting day is Thursday, then on Wednesday you eat dinner and then you don't eat until Thursday dinner. So you're going 24 hours, but really you just have to skip breakfast and lunch. Mm -hmm. And in general, I'm sure there are people out there that are listening and are thinking, well, I already have good sex, so will this diet help me further? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we can always have stronger erections. I mean, who says, oh, my, my erection's strong enough. I really don't want it any stronger, you know, right. or, you know, <laughs> I'm experiencing enough pleasure. Thank you. You know, right. um, my nerves are, are firing way too strong as, as it is, you know, and especially as we age and, and we, you know, have more oxidative stress, we can all, you know, use something to keep us having great sex and to, you know, to boost it. And I was just going to comment on that. I think that, uh, you know, when you're younger, you can probably get away with not eating, you know, healthy, but nonetheless, with the plethora of the standard American diet that's around us, I would imagine that this will catch up to you. And as we get older, you know, it's really important to eat healthy, not for just general health and wellness, but obviously for sexual health and, and eating an array of antioxidants and leafy greens and potassium and foods that we mentioned earlier is, is not only important across the board, um, but specifically in this niche of, of sexual health. So thank you so much for coming on the show and, and talking about this important topic. And uh, if people would like to contact you for more information or even purchase your book, what's the best way of doing so? So um, my book is available on Amazon, Diet for Great Sex, and I can be contacted via my website at dietforgreatsex.com as well as social media. Awesome. Thanks so much. It was great meeting you. You too. Thank you so much.